met in Australia, we were both working for the same company in Australia, and I asked her out. I asked her for her phone number, actually, and she gave me the wrong phone number. It wasn't on purpose. <laughs> I got the courage, a bit of Dutch courage one evening after work, I said, I'd ring her, and some Aussie bloke answered, oh, there's no Maria around here. So I said, I said, if she didn't want to give me the phone number, she could have told me to clear off, but went up a couple of weeks after that, and... Actually, our first date was the day at the races. We went to the Golden Slipper. We did a big race in Sydney. Sure, the race is history, I suppose. We're going to since. We're married now. Yeah. <laughs> That's publican and farmer Gerard Flaherty, or Fla, as they call him around Boston in County Clare, where he lives with his wife, Maria. He's cheeky. He's bold. He loves people. He loves attention. He's just really good-natured and, you know, he... He just tries his best and I don't think there's any badness in him. I really don't. I just think he's, he's a real sweetheart. And that's Maria. But she's not talking about Jer. She's talking about a horse. Rolo. She's fallen in love twice in her life. One with Jer, as we call Flair, and the other one is Rolo. So I don't know which, which she's got wrong and which she's got right. <laughs> Just over the county border in Galway is trainer Porrick O'Connor's yard, where Rolo is living these days. This is Rolo. <laughs> he's a bit like a naughty teenager. He's got bleach tips, see, from the summer. He's got bl- all blonde in the front of his mane, the forelock. Although he's not that rebellious, he's very good. <laughs> he's just inquisitive and curious and... If you had a cap on you there now, he'd take it off your head. He'd pull your hair. He'd, if you had a dress on, he'd grab hold of the bottom of it and he'd pull it up. He's just always biting and licking and he loves people. He loves attention. He's, he's a bit spoiled, I suppose. <laughs> we probably have him a bit spoiled. He's after trotting up sound. Well, give him another trot there, Connor, please. He pricks his ears like that, tail out from. He's happy. If he was trotting up and down there like a nest now, just deadening himself, you'd be starting to get a little bit worried. But uh, he seems to be in good order now. He seems to be in good form. His coat is nice and shiny, and his ears are pricked. He's lean. When they're lean like that, they're ready. Not to be carrying a big gut or a big arse or that. He's race fit now. He's spot on. He's going around there now jumping on his own, which is a great sign. He's having a squeal in the buck there. When you see them, when you leave them off in the sandrine like that now and they trot around and jump the hurl there on their own, they're just well at themselves. You've got to be very careful with them when you get to this stage too because it's probably the hardest time to keep them sound and well because they're so alive, they're just so fit. Anything could just just wire them. Just fucking they'd get wired and they could do anything, hurt themselves, anything. That's enough, Connor. Leave them alone now. Yeah, stop him there. Oh, the boy. He'd stay going there now. He's just getting. He's just starting to get wired up now, but we'll try and get him back up to his paddock in case he get hurt. It's too dangerous. One wrong turn or anything. Um, they do t- they're thoroughbreds. They're bred to the highest order. They just take a lot of mind. I've been horse riding on and off since I was a child. I think it's one of those things that it never really leaves you. If you're mad about horses, you just get bitten by the bug. And just, I suppose, I just have this feeling in my heart, just passionate about horses and they're beautiful, they're intelligent, they're, I don't know. <laughs> it's like anything that you just really love. You just can't be without it. 
Might not have a house to live in, but... <laughs> so how did Maria, a primary school teacher from Dublin, come to own a horse that's being trained to win races? It started four years ago, in 2010, just after herself and Jer had got engaged. Little did they know that this horse was going to enter their lives, turn the next four years into a roller coaster, and start them dreaming. I was leasing a horse in a yard, and it was there that I found Rolo. I wasn't looking for a horse at the time, definitely couldn't afford one. I was living in Dublin in an apartment. Dream of my lifetime to have a horse. So I'd go up there two or three times a week to ride this horse, Shadow. And Rolo was in the stable across from the horse that I was leasing. And I'd kind of go over and give him a little rub. And I just thought he'd lovely nature. He was one of those horses, you'd go into him and he'd nuzzle you and he'd, he'd be all about you. You know, he wouldn't, some horses would put their ears back and they'd go to the back of the box and they wouldn't want company. And then around May, all the rugs come off the horses as the weather starts to get warmer. And when his rug came off, everyone was sort of going around saying, gosh, the state of that horse, he's so thin, isn't it awful? I hear he's going to be shot. And that horse was starved last winter and was in an awful bad way. And I started to make inquiries because I just thought he was so lovely and I didn't want him to be shot, didn't want anything to happen to him. So... When I found out he was only three and he had never been broken, so he'd never even had a chance to do anything in life. Um, and he was so young, such a baby, and he was cooped up in the stable all day long, rarely got even taken out of it, never turned out in a field. It was a kind of stable where he couldn't even put his head out over the door. It was kind of a grid. But they're not cheap to keep. They're a luxury. And, you know, there were stories in the media of people just turning horses loose in forests and... The animal welfare centre is being packed to the gills with unwanted horses and the ships to France full of lovely, healthy, young horses and ponies that were just going to end up on somebody's plate over in France. So, you know, it is a sad repercussion of of the Celtic tiger. But also, I suppose, everybody was breeding horses and people were trying to make money out of breeding horses and selling horses. So, a bit like property. Everything that a horse does. He should thank Maria every morning. <laughs> you know. Horrocks' brother Derek is a jockey. If anyone else had him, he probably wouldn't have got a chance. As simple as that. And obviously, the person that owned him originally. It's unfortunate, but it's happening every day of the week. But there is people out there that treat horses badly. They should be ashamed of themselves. There's a lot, uh, lot of horses out there were sent to the factory, and uh, I suppose when the Celtic Tiger went, all this excess money to be training these horses went, and. I'd say a lot of these builders and, 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 and rich bankers and that, they've no regard for, for horses or, or they've no nature in them when it comes to horses like this. Those trainers yards were full with horses and now they wouldn't have half the amount of horses because of these fly-by-night owners that came with the boom and went with the boom. You see, the man who owned him, he bred him himself. He had owned the mother of the horse and... He'd had a few other racehorses, I think, from what he told me, and he'd had no luck. And I think he just decided he'd had enough of wasting his money on racehorses that... I suppose he had money at one point, and then when everything kind of crashed down, he just said, right, I'm I'm not going to even bother seeing if this horse is any good. I've had enough of it. But it had been a particularly tough winter, very harsh, a lot of cold and bad weather, and... He was paying a lot of money to keep three horses in this yard. I suppose what he didn't understand is no one's going to care for your horse. No one's going to look after your horse unless you look out for it. So, you know, the horse didn't even have a name when I 
found him. When I started showing interest in him, some of the children in the yard decided to call him Rolo. So that's how he got his name, and that stuck. Just his colour. I just thought he looked like the chocolate. And I, I just thought it'd be bad luck to change it. And I just thought, God, I wonder would Ger, my fiancé at the time, he's a farmer and he ha we have land, and I, I started annoying him anyway about Rolo. I'd be here on the weekends in the pub and I'd be annoying actually all of the patrons. They all heard about Rolo before he came to Clare. I'd be showing photographs. Do you think he looks like... Do you think there looks like there's anything wrong with him? I just think he looks like a lovely horse. I'm sure people thought I was mad. They'd be saying, Maria, if you want a horse, I'll find you a horse. And I'd, I'd be saying, but I like this horse. <laughs> I, I, I want to do something about this horse. At the best of times, horses don't come cheap. But horses that have been bred for racing... Well, that's a different league altogether, with racehorses regularly being sold for thousands and tens of thousands of euros. You could give 5,000 for a horse, or you could give 150,000 for a horse to go pint of painting, to go to a racetrack. But Maria and Ger didn't have 150,000 euros to be spending on a horse. She would want me to go and see this horse. I said, sure, I look in humour, and went in and looked at him, and he wasn't in the greatest condition now in the world. He was... Hungry looking, and he was lame. I'd say at the same time. He was small. He was, yeah. He, was he didn't look. He didn't look like much of a prospect now. But sure, she wanted a horse for a heck around at home. So I says, offer him two hundred quid, and see what he says. And I was saying to myself, but I won't. I couldn't possibly offer him two hundred euros. That would just be an insult. It costs so much money to breed a horse and everything else. But when it came down to it, and the owner said to me, make me an offer. He said, how much can you afford to give me for him? And I just thought about my bank balance and I just thought, well, if I answer that question truthfully, it is €200. Euro. I think I was minus a lot of euro at the time in my overdraft. And I just thought, right, OK, I'll just go and offer €200. Euro. And if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And if not, it's just not. So that's what I did. He was happy that it would go to a good home or go to a caring home. You know, he he he. He could have gotten rid of Rolo an awful lot sooner, and I suppose lots of people would have that would view them in a different way. And he said yes. And he did, and he said, I, I have a feeling I'm going to regret this someday. <laughs> Next thing, I got a phone call. She, she met your man and offered him the 200 quid, and I was, in my own mind, was just, he told you to clear off, and she said, no, come up and click my Rolo. So I was doing a bit of head scratching, and I said, good man, Gerard, this is this is a wise move. So we brought him down, and sure, we let him off then, and he kind of started to come into himself once he got a bit of grass. When I bought him, the first thing I did was turn him out in the field. He galloped from one end to the other, up and down, up and down, up and down, and then he put his head down, and I don't think he lifted it, et and et and et, because that's the most natural thing for horses, to be outdoors, to be among other horses, to, to graze, um, to be able to roll, to be able to run when they feel like it. You know, he had all those kind of things denied him. So it was nice to be able to just give him all that experience. So we decided we'd break him. Because even for a heck, she had bro broken anyway. So we sent him into Raymond Lee. And Raymond broke him and done a bit of work with him. And he says, and he says, that horse, they have to get up. He says, you should give him a chance. After they bought him, Maria and Ger were able to get all of Rolo's paperwork. And they found out that he was a thoroughbred. They got married in July 2011 and they decided to put Rolo into a trainer's yard while they went on their honeymoon. It was kind of a convenience as well as anything else. We were just 
so we want to be looking after him and watching him while we were gone on honeymoon, so we sent him off. First impressions when he came here, he'd be just a backward horse. He was weak. Ger and Marie asked me to take him, and I was fairly full with horses, and I just said, I just didn't want him. He looked an ordinary horse with an ordinary pedigree, and Derek, brother of mine, Derek O'Connor, he's the jockey fella. He's uh, he's known around the Pine to Pine Fields, all right. And he said, Jesus, take that horse now. He just mightn't be too bad. So we took him and tipped away with him. But did I ever think he'd win the winners? No. No, I did not. Rolo's new life in Porrick's yard is one of serious training. He goes for regular swims to keep him fit while minimising the risk of injury. Maria and Jair have put off finishing building their house to pay for the fees, which can be around €1,000 a month. For Porrick and his wife Gráinne, Horses are everything. Our life is horses. We went on a holiday about, I'd say it's about 20 years ago now. Uh, self and Grania, my wife, we went skiing out to uh, some foreign country. I know it was heaps of snow and everything. And it was the best crack I ever had. I enjoyed it immensely. I was the first one on the slopes and I was the last one off. And that's the last holiday day off I had in 20 years now. But I've no interest. I love this. Uh, go to the sales. I love that. I go to Cheltenham sales. We spend two or three days at them, but it'd be sort of work, but it wouldn't be work. That's my break. Granny gets away with the kids, she goes to France or wherever she wants with the kids. I've just no interest. I just don't like being away from the yard or the horses. I just find it very hard to settle. I have to be in the yard clipping the horse or doing something, anything. It's just the way I am. Um, I used to drink a lot when I was younger, seven nights a week, and I got out of it. I'd done it for seven or eight years. Every night, there wasn't a night going that I wouldn't drink seven or eight pints in my local. And I just packed it up one morning. That was it. I said, gone. Gone. But something had to go. The horse had to go, the drink had to go, and the drink went. That's it. After a year in Porrick's yard, Rolo started to get stronger, and they decided to run him in some local races. He was like a donkey. He was like an absolute cart horse. He was so far back. I think he placed fifth, but that's only because two or three horses fell. But then they went down to their local track at Quakerstown and surrounded by all their neighbours, friends and family and to everybody's complete surprise and delight. Has just put his nose in front for the first time. Rolo, or Oler, which is his racing name, won the race. I couldn't, could not believe it. Winning one at Quakerstown, it was just... It was definitely one of the best days of our lives, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. And suddenly it seemed that Rolo wasn't such an ordinary horse after all. If every horse that came into my yard won a maiden, I'd be very happy. Because most of them don't. Most of them are not even good enough to win a pint of pint. And it could be, it could be a good horse. It could be a good horse now. Rolo's been practising galloping in preparation for a local point-to-point race at Rathcannon, where Porrick's jockey brother Derek will ride him. Not that Porrick will be able to watch the race. I don't look at much of the race myself. I just don't do it. I buy 40 Benson and 20 Major going racing every day. And when the pressure is on, you'll see me smoking Major, that's it. And the races are on, I'm usually behind the horse box. I just can't watch it. Oh, jeez, I get very sick. I get sick before a race and everything. I actually puke, physically get sick. Yeah, or the night before, I wouldn't be able to sleep. And this is just going pint and pint, and this is not fecking gold cups or anything. But we're just, we're just with them day and night, and everything has to be so precise. And uh, it just it affects me, all right. That's truth now. <laughs> That's truth. Oh, Jesus, do guys do fucking puke? Especially when the pressure is on.
In the pub that they run in Tubber, Jer and Maria are re-watching the DVD of the race. I just didn't think he was going to have it in him to make up all that distance. And then it was crazy. And in Rathcannon, he went from last to first place. I thought I was going to get a stroke in Rathcannon. I had to sit down in the horse box in Rathcannon. I thought that was it. I'm done. I'm finished. It's over. And it's older now. And Derek O'Connor, who's come from almost last to first. And it's older, Derek. And it seemed like Maria and Jer had a racehorse on their hands. It was unbelievable. I completely didn't expect that to happen. <laughs> and then he's, well, it's very exciting. You sort of start to think, look, he's not even, hardly blowing even. He was, he was in great shape afterwards. <laughs> look at me, I just think, what happened there? <laughs> By the, winner, the way he won it, just got up on the line. It was, it was as, good as good as a Gold Cup. As for winning, you couldn't, I, I couldn't describe it. It's an unbelievable feeling. I kind of lose control of yourself for a few minutes. You don't know what's going on. Memories that last you a lifetime. And yeah, you couldn't buy the euphoria, I suppose, really, to win like this. this something else. You'll be dreaming. We know we have a horse we're going to have a bit of crack with now because he'd probably go to the track. and He's a different horse, different horse to what came down the first day. He's turned into a horse. He's, he's filled out his body. He's, he's grown. He's grown up, I suppose. He seems happier in himself. He seems, he seems to enjoy what he's doing. And so, this rescue horse called Rolo that costs 200 euros is a racehorse. And a racehorse that could have a future after all. Rolo could be the next little darling around here. He's not yet now, but he could be. He could be. We're getting sweet in him now, so we are. If he was sold in the morning, he'd probably, uh, he'd probably build a small little house here. But I don't think Marie will be selling them. <laughs> no, not tempted. <laughs> and the best turned out in the third race. At a field at Loch Ray, Rolo is being taken out of his horse box for his next big point to point race. Hi, how are you? How is Rolo? Good. You travel well? Yeah, good. Where is he? Oh, hey, man. Rolo's rags-to-riches story has started attracting a bit of media attention. Hi, Loretta. <laughs> is Rolo the Irish sea biscuit? Yeah. Charlie's reading, he goes, Jesus' horse is going to bring us out of the recession. <laughs> we had something like lifting the spirits of a flagging nation. <laughs> oh, no, they're off. Second. Fantastic. <laughs> that was nervous. Well, good job. Oh, he ran a cracker, lads. He ran a fucking cracker now. He took a right wrap over, was the bat fence? Derek did a good job to stay yeah. on him. No, no, you've very smart arse, lads. Very smart art. You just met a hardened handicapper, that was it. I feel like I'm getting a parent teacher meeting here. Bye, Fork, thanks, William. I was really nervous today that he'd fall or something would go wrong. I'm just delighted that he's finished and he's well. I think second is a great place. <laughs> delighted. First and second, it's a great start to the season. Poor Harlem. Oh, you did your best. Oh, you did a good one, didn't you? You were a great boy. 
Hey. Miserable day for it, isn't it, Rachel? He seems in grand form anyway, doesn't he? But Rolo isn't in grand form at all. In fact, he's injured himself so badly that he's out of action for a full year, even though his jockey, Derek, didn't know about it during the race. Horses would have a very, very high pain threshold and they're very honest and genuine animals. So he probably was injured through the race, but gave me no signs of it until he failed late on the race and I thought I had a chance of winning it. During the race, no, I'd no, I'd no knowledge of it. But we were disappointed and it was obvious that there was something wrong because I think he would have won that race without question had he been sound and well, do you know? Almost a year after that race, I'm back down in Porrick's yard where Rolo's being minded back to health. I knew it that night when I got him home. After a few weeks, we knew we were in trouble. Like, and that's why we were in trouble. We knew it was a year. And if we drove on with him, he was wrecked. His career was over. He'd never come back. He got a touch of a leg. Touch of a leg in a horse is very serious. It's his tendon. It's like an elastic that's overstretched. That's him there now. We're down on the ground now here looking at his legs, right? Rub the palm of your hand down there now and you'll just feel a little bump. Can you feel it? Yeah. So that's his injury, just there. They're such little legs, aren't they? It's skinnier than a human arm. It is. That's what it is, yeah. And they have to jump all them jumps, gallop as hard as they can on them little legs, on that bit of elastic. That is what's keeping all that horse together as such. It's the most common injury in a horse and it's probably one of the worst injuries in a horse. And if that comes back again, that is probably his career over. He wants to talk. Well, I think no. he likes you. No. <laughs> he freaking likes you. He's trying to eat the microphone. But you see how kind he is now? Yeah. Yeah. If you go into that horse there beside him and try and do that, I swear to God he'll kill you with a hind leg. You will not go get near him. But this is just a kind old fella. But he knows now too. He knows he had a rough time. And he knows that he'll be looked after. He's very intelligent, very kind, very good natured. Because he had a hard life. The pain of that is absolutely huge. Absolutely huge. But a horse has a serious high threshold of pain. Horses can often run races with feckin' fractures and torn muscles and everything and they just go through with the pain. You stop with them horses or else you have the other choice, drive on and that's their career's over. A lot of people tell you drive on, live, let them live or die. At the end of the day, a horse is a commodity. I know people love horses and blah, blah, blah and that's fine but horses are there for racing, they're animals and if they have no use to the person that owns them. It basically comes down at the end of the day to money. And people can say what they like about animals or cruelty to animals or whatever. Racing is racing. That's it. They're an animal. They get hurt. They get broke up. You shoot them. You move on. And that's facts, like. That's facts. Cruelty crowd will be saying this and that and it's cruel and everything. But horses are bred to race. They're either any good to race or they're not. When Rolo got injured, he initially went back to Maria and Jair's to rest. But after a few months, Porik wanted to get him back to see him realise his full potential as a racehorse. I, I didn't actually tell her I was going to collect him. I was talking to her husband, Jair, Flair, as we call him. I said, I'm rolling down there now, I'll collect him. He said, were you talking to Maria? I said, I was not. She says, we better tell her. I said, you can tell her now yourself if you want, but I said, I'm not telling her. 
Jesus, he says, I don't know. So I rolled on down and went, and uh, I said, I'm taking him away. And she said, oh, you know, I said, I am, we have to give him another chance. And uh, I heard the sniffling behind me. I was saying, what the Jesus Christ is wrong with this one? And there she was, and she bawled her eyes out. Now it was lovely, because she's that kind of a woman. And it broke her heart for the horse to be going out of the field. And he went up in the lorry, and I could see her. She was in absolute bits. Like, she's the other... I, I was talking there now about the commodity and the racing and the high rollers, and they don't care. But she does care now, to be fair. It, it was nearly heart-wrenching burning away the horse. Because if something fucking happened to him then, do you know, to be, um, oh, to be just carnage. To be the end of the world for her now. She was not going to let him back, I'd say, in case he gets killed. Most of them get killed or hurt. That's facts, reality again. She couldn't bear the thought of that now. But I had him up in the lorry and gone in five minutes. And she had much time to think about it. He was gone. I don't let her up too often. She'd be giving him sweets and that. But she's welcome to come whenever she wants. But she knows not to come too often. Because the last thing I want is her going in there pampering him. He's like the rest of them out there. He's here for a job. He's to go racing. That patting him and that, that's a load of bollocks like. The last thing you want is a spilt horse. Because he'll think he'll get away with things then. Now he's not spilt. He's the, probably one of the most genuine horses I ever had. But you keep him at that. You ride them out. You gallop them. You wash them over. They're fed. They're watered. That's it. She can pet him all she likes when he's home or by a pony or something. But uh, when he's here... He's a racer. I think he's a racer, isn't it? They're at the start. They'll be offering you up beyond. It's September 2013, a year after his last race. And now, recovered from his injury, Rolo is at Galway Racecourse, making his track debut. This is a step up from the fields of the point to point races where he's done all his racing so far. Anybody else? Winner each way, whatever you like. I'm random nervous though. <laughs> Anything can happen. You hope they'll come back in one piece and not get hurt or killed or anything like that. So I'm on the major now again today. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Oh, the prices are up for the next race. Can you see? See Oler there now. He's, he's eleven to one. And are you going to put money on him? I don't normally. I, I put so much money on him to get him this far. That's my bet. But maybe I'll put a five each way. Doubt we'll be in the prize money today, but it would be quite nice if he won. So seven thousand five hundred and ninety for the winner. So the cost for him to run here today, uh, it was about three hundred euro just to say entry to a race and paying a jockey, on top of your usual training fees. Nice to be in here, isn't it? The owners and trainers enclosure. There he is. He's all plated. You see number ten. He's, he's stepping out there with a bit of purpose and he's, he's ready for his job today. And this is wife, the Hello, how are you? Good. Good. Mind my this, horse. <laughs> mind, mind yourself <laughs> and mind the horse. I don't know how he'll run, but he is on the part. Don't play guard him. I want the horse for the next step. You know? But if he looks like he's going to win, well, you know, right? we'll take a win if we get it. <laughs> he's not that Good luck now, mind yourself. Yikes. Rolo comes in sixth place. Oh, good boy, Rolo. He's home one piece and he's finished his first race at Galway. Maria gets good news from the jockey afterwards. Well, what did you make of that? I was delighted with him, but he had a good blow on him. Just, he needed to run badly. Yeah, a little bit. He, okay. so he, he felt that way. Yeah, with the grand horse. A couple of weeks time. And he went ahead to get hurt. Are you serious? Oh, yeah, with his mouth <laughs> open, yeah. Lovely Brilliant. Yeah. Thanks so much. He's a grand Thanks horse. Thanks so much. He says he'll win the hurdle at Christmas first. Excellent. And Chris, Christmas isn't that far away, like. No, it's not at all. No.
There's a reason why Maria is so relieved that Rolo is home safely. Herself and Jer have some experience with horse racing already, but it didn't have a happy ending. When we came home from Australia, a few of Jer's friends, we came home because his father um, died suddenly, and a few of Jer's friends came to him and they said the weekend before his father passed away, he'd been talking about getting a group together for a syndicate. Jer's father was always interested in racehorses. And um, this friend of Jared said, would you be interested in still doing it? And we do it, like, in, in memory of your father. Nine of us got together. We put in a bit each every month. Smoko Box was her name. Much like Rolo, we started off point-to-pointing and then went to the track. And then she was entered. Her next race was at Limerick. And she was favourite and she was winning. She was just rounding a bend on the track and, um, and she broke her leg. The jockey said he heard a snap. She wasn't jumping or... Just sometimes these things happen. A racehorse can just break a leg from the impact, the force of running, I suppose. And we could just hear the commentators saying, oh, smoker boxes, boxes pulling up. They say that the horse is so filled with adrenaline that they don't even know that their leg has broken at first. And the race, the racetrack officials were very fast. They, they shot her. They put a curtain around her. That's what they do. And they, they shot her. Nobody, like nobody, compares with you or anything like that. They just, I suppose, they're acting in the best interest of the horse. And they shot her before she knew that anything was wrong with her. So it was, it was really sad. We were heartbroken, really heartbroken, I have to say. I said I didn't want to be involved in racehorses ever, 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 ever again. <laughs> That's why I knew with Rolo going out that, that made it more, me more worried because I knew this can happen, does happen. It happens to people all the time and it happens, well, it happens to horses all the time. So you're very aware of that. But I kind of stopped worrying about Rolo because, I don't know, he just seems like a very different horse. With her. Rolo's tour of the country's racecourses continues as he gets used to the racetrack in Wexford, where he comes fifth, and Mallow, where he comes tenth, and Thurless. Where he starts the race with a handicap for the first time. He's ridden by champion jockey Davy Russell and comes in fifth. He was only beaten 10 or 12 lengths. Davy minded him. So the next day he started to live or die. I'm not saying that he'll die, but it's, um, it's all or nothing as such the next day now. That's what it's coming down to. We are so close now, it's not even funny. Do you think? Yeah. No, you have another day with us now, girl. You have another day with us. Jer and Maria's lives are now consumed by this horse. All they seem to be thinking about now is road or what's he going to do or where is he going to go or... Oh, you're completely taken over. Jesus. <laughs> Any, anyone? There's anything to do with horses. They're dreamers. Every, every day goes out, you're thinking, the sky's the limit, like, you're, what's, what can happen, or what's the next thing, or where will you go next? And, like, he's gone, he's, he's, he's done more than we ever dreamed to do, like, because like, when, he, when he won, he's confined below last year. We said, this is unbelievable, this horse that came from Dublin for 200 quid. This is if he never does another thing now he's he'll come home and he'll be happy and dreaming every every time you go out thinking about him too much now. I was always that way with horses because when you'd be looking at them and following them and 
It's a disease, I think, more so than anything else. A disease. You're consumed. Consumed. It's January 2014, and Jer, Maria and Porik are at Fairy House Racetrack. And after all the hard work, the money spent, the dreaming, everyone's hoping that this is the one. Everybody seems very positive about today. Really? Yeah. Well, the distance isn't quite right, they keep saying, but, you know, he should run a longer distance. But everybody's very excited. Here's the man himself. <laughs> Morning. We're good. We're good. Porrock seemed very optimistic last night. How did my horse travel up? He's the finest. Yeah, he's fitting well. But when he arrives at the racetrack, he's starting to have second thoughts. The conditions are certain to open him now today. And Maria and Jer are getting frustrated. But sure, we're going to go out and do our best anyway. We are. Uh, I, I, I just have to talk to Flair. Is Flair here? Is he? Oh, he is here. Port, please tell me we're going out. We're going out and we're, we're going to get placed today. Uh, Before we go broke altogether. I'm a bit disappointed now because our trainer doesn't think this would be the day. Things seem to have changed since we talked to him last night. That, that's disappointing. But maybe he's wrong. I hope he is. <laughs> I hope he is. It's all well and good saying, oh, the next time it, and the next time it, and the next time it. But it costs hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of euros to wait for the next time out. It all adds up. And it would be nice to really see his true ability. I feel like we've been waiting for so long. But... The verdict is he's just going to go out and do his best. And hopefully that'll be good enough. <sighs> Here we go. And they're, and they're, and they're, and they're, and they're off. Oh, please, God, it didn't run well. But this isn't Rolo's race. I don't think he's going to have it in him, does he? He's struggling a bit. Come on, Rolo. Come on, Rolls. No, no, I think so. Ninth, I think he's ninth. That's very disappointing, isn't it? Oh, well, look, we, at least we gave it a shot. That's that, sure. That's that, sure. Is that disappointing? But Porrick thinks that Rolo should be given one more chance to run. 16 order! 16 order! 10 years each way, number 15, please. A month later, in February, back at Thurless Racetrack, this is Rolo's last chance to place in a race. If, if it doesn't go well today, he'll come home for a holiday. I'm hoping today could be the day we've, we've all his work done. Mind yourself and mind him and... Yeah. Bring him back in one piece, just please. Taking away to get The race starts well. Keep jumping away, eyes. One more lap. But then, hold up. Rolo's pulled up, and his race is over. Hey, Rose. He's a good boy. 35. Oh, he's wrecked, isn't he? Yeah. He's absolutely wrecked. He's lame. He just looks in trouble behind. Like in trouble, what kind of trouble? I, I don't know whether it's his pelvis or what it is, okay. but he's all wrong behind there now. Well, don't make any hasty decisions no, about my horse, you won't. Just hope he isn't badly hurt, that's all. Down at the horse box, Pork just wants to get Rolo home. 
I'll be able to get I'll be able to get him up in the lorry hopefully. He's very sore, he has done damage. How bad or good it is, I don't know. He left a leg and he landed awkward on it. It happens every day. It's just it's happened to us today, that's it. We'll see you over the next couple of days. But it looks like his racing career is over after today. It doesn't look good at the minute. This happens, do you know, it's, it's very disappointing for the owners, but we're getting used to it now. When you're training horses, you get used to it. It's terrible for the horse, terrible for the owners, but it happens every day to some owner or some trainer or to some horse. So you just have to get over it. Pork manages to get Rolo up in the lorry and he's on his way home. I never want to see him racing again, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. He's on the way home and... He'll be looked after, so. <laughs> hey, you. Nine weeks later, Rolo is back in his stable in the Burren <laughs> in County Clare, and Maria is giving him all the treats she wants. <laughs> the vet said he could be fractured. He didn't think he had a fractured pelvis, but it's definitely a an injury of the pelvis. He's lame, like he's kind of dragging one leg, he's putting the weight on, on one at the back. He just thought he should spend 12 weeks on resting, basically, box rest. So he's, he's been kind of kept confined here to his stable. Oh, he's tired of this life. He wants to get out and back out into the field. But he seemed fairly, fairly confident that he'd make a full recovery. But if you see on his back, I'll take his rug off there and you can see his, um, he's got a little lump. See? He's very <laughs> curious, isn't he? Yes. You can see on his back there's a kind of a lump there. He's a very good patient, I have to say. <laughs> he has not done too much complaining. He's, he's very placid, isn't he, dear? Look at this now. He knows, he knows I have something in my pocket. Can you smell that? He won't leave me alone until he gets it out. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> so hopefully now in a few more weeks, one of us will be riding him out. That's, that's the plan for Rolo next. Quiet riding around the rocky roads of, of, of the burn. <laughs> will he race again, do you think? Don't know. Time will tell. I'd like to think he would, but you're realistic too, like. So he is, I mean, it's just whether you'd, like, personally, as he may be asking me in six months' time, but at the moment, I just don't want him to go anywhere near a racetrack ever again. I just want to keep him right. I'd be happy if he's just well enough to ride around and have a bit of fun with. But, you know, when you talk to Pork, he'll say, oh, he definitely has the talent. I don't know. You see, they get injured so easily, and I suppose after two injuries, you nearly count yourself lucky to be bringing your horse home one piece. We're prepared to give him time, like he's our horse, but there's lots of people in the racing industry. There's no way. In ways, it's a, it's a cold-hearted industry. People hear of the stars, and they don't hear of the ones that fall by the wayside or, or get hurt or don't make it, you know, and there's a lot of those. There aren't many people who want lame racehorses. That's the reality. The rescue shelters are full of them. We've had a great time. The highs and lows been a great experience definitely not a sensible one but sure we're not <laughs> we're not sensible <laughs> all our dreams came true sure he he won two point points that's more than we ever set out to 
achieve and we reached for the stars and you know we didn't get there but we had a lot of fun along the way we still have our horse and hopefully we've lots of adventures ahead different different road maybe but different directions you'll be seeing him now in the RDS maybe someday that that'd be my that's what I'd love to do now with him there's um a class in the RDS for retrained racehorses that have run on the track it's a showing class basically uh, it's a measure of their obedience which is for an ex-racehorse, it's, it's things that they've never been asked to do before, to stand still. When you have 12 or 15 ex-racehorses galloping or cantering around in a parade ring, it, it's not the easiest thing to keep them all under control. So I suppose the judges are looking for the horse that is, is the best behaved, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the best behaved. Would that be you, Rona? <laughs> he probably eat the judge's hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you.